0: Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imogene Ingredients.
1: Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society it's time to hear from the top Christian litigators in the nation who have come forward to tell us the truth and help us defend our faith. Hear ye, hear ye. All rise. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano, is in session.
0: Welcome to Faith on Trial. We examine the influence of law and society on people of faith. I'm Deacon Mike Mano here with Gina Noel, our co-host, Gina, how are you this morning?
2: I'm well, Deacon Mike. Good,
0: oh. good. It's a nice sunny morning as we're taping you know, here.
2: We are so blessed here in Iowa with our weather recently. I watch all these uh, extremes going on around the country, yes. and I think we are very blessed. I thank the Lord for our weather. Yes, yeah, we are, and uh,
0: we need a little bit more rain, I think. I'm not complaining. Uh, Honestly, yeah, see, I,
2: we've got, we've, we can, we can put the hose out, right? <laughs>
0: Well, I guess I guess you're right, because if we don't have any more rain, I don't have a lot of mowing to that's do. That's right. So, there's yeah, a bonus for the, that. Look on the right, right side. side. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's interesting. So a lot happening
2: this week. Uh, free. I think there's a hearing this week on uh, free speech. Yes, and, and
0: uh, I heard the first part of it, and Robert Kennedy Jr. is one of the main witnesses there. And, of course, the Democrats are going all off on him and um it's it's kind of interesting you know you think the kennedy name the magical name of kennedy in the democratic party boy it's not working today for him wow we didn't expect it to because it, he's really, always been considered kind of an outlier of the, the party
2: well i hope it gets some coverage because it's it's he's do, doing a great job in defense of the beautiful first amendment that we have that protects our free speech and our right to our faith and expressing our faith and um People need to understand how that works, right? And uh, interesting, uh, his
0: campaign manager is a former congressman, Kastenich. Yes, who also ran for president. Who also ran for and and who is about as left wing as you can get. I don't think there's anything I agree with Congressman Kastenich on, but I've always admired him because he always spoke the truth. He never tried to hide anything, and uh, and he was always very blunt, maybe more tactful than totally blunt. But he spoke his mind, and and he was not intimidated by the people who are intimidating people now. Those that are uh, standard bearers of the
2: cancel culture. That's right. Yeah. And um, I you know whether you agree or you don't agree, I a speech should never be muzzled in the United States of America. Well, That's somebody not our standard. somebody
0: brought up the point this morning with Kennedy. Uh, why aren't we talking about the economy? Why aren't we talking about the border? Why aren't we talking about these things? Why aren't we getting something done? And he says, if you can't talk about it, if your speech is censored, you can't get to the issues. Well, and, and you, can't, is, come you can't come up with I good ideas. I thought he made a really good yeah, defense
2: yeah. of of his position when that, I don't remember the, the woman congressman that made that point. Oh, yeah. Uh, he came right back with... You know, some of these things could be solved if we'd listen to the opposing side. He has
0: been out talking about these things for a long time. So I just a word of caution to the Democrats, don't try and out-debate him on this <laughs> because he knows the stuff very well and he'll make you look no, foolish. He
2: seems like a very good person,
0: honestly. Yeah. yeah, and there are a lot of Republicans that I know that like him. I've heard, heard another person the other day tell me, boy, I wish... Trump could take Kennedy as a running mate. You know, I mean, this no is, way. Yeah, this is no, no, no that's way crazy. that's going to happen. Oh wow! But uh, but uh, if, if, even if Trump, Trump, we're not sure Trump's going to get the opportunity to choose a running mate. That hasn't been decided yet. But uh, no, it's not going to happen. Kennedy isn't going to come over and do anything. Uh, I think they need to worry more about Mansion uh, than anybody <laughs> else because I think that Speaking third party is coming.
2: We live here in Iowa where we study these presidential candidates and wow what a roller coaster ride it is. Oh, yes. We can't make any predictions about what will happen between now and February. And who would have thought that the leading
0: Republican candidate would diss the very popular governor that we have here. Oh. And uh, that that was, was a big mistake on his part.
2: I, I don't know. I yes and no. He He's on both sides of it. They mm-hmm. they seem to be amicable, but he wants to take credit for her, our governor Reynolds' win, which that seems very Trumpian. So
0: yeah, it does. It does. Anyway. But she's responsible for her win, and plus a lot of help from the party. Which, and and Terry Branstad is the one that made her who she is when he chose her to be lieutenant governor years ago. He did so, give her yeah, a great opportunity. He gave her the for opportunity, opportunity for right?
2: But it goes to the point that free speech is important, whether Absolutely. we like what Mr. Trump has said or not. It's 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 speech and right. it's allowable under our constitution. Right. We've got
0: a couple of good guests coming up today. John Horvick, uh, who is the author of "Return to Order: From Frenzied Economy to or, Organic Christianity," um, we've talked to him about we've that. We've talked book to before. him before, mm-hmm. and he's going to be on. He's got an, another issue out. Why do corporations go woke? Right. And we've talked about this before, and so let's get his idea on what's going on here.
2: I'm very interested in speaking to him after reading his article. It was uh, very institutional. Uh, I I had to look up some vocabulary words when I read it. He's a very intelligent, brilliant man, and I think this will be an interesting conversation. I'm glad you had
0: an opportunity to read it. I haven't had an opportunity to have somebody read it to me yet. Yeah, I know. That's (laughs) hard for you. And then we're going to have Thomas Breath, who is a special counsel with the Thomas More Society. Uh, In Pennsylvania right now, there's a school district that is barring parochial school students from certain extracurricular and co-curricular activities that are allowed to even homeschoolers and charter school uh, students and, uh, and so there's a lawsuit that's been filed there. He's in the midst of that. It sounds a lot like that case we had from Maine, remember, where... Right, the, the money couldn't, the money go, couldn't to go to uh, parochial schools. That, to the students of parochial right. schools,
2: yeah. Yeah, so it sounds a lot like that. Which I, the Supreme Court said it could, yeah. and then Maine came back and said, came no, in, it can't. Right, right,
0: and so they're going <laughs> to argue but back was... and forth. But anyway, I have a feeling if I had to put bets on this... The schools are going to lose, and Thomas More Society is going to win again. But that's who we have coming up, and uh, we'll start with that in just a few minutes, but we want to start with a prayer here.
2: I, I would love to. A prayer for peace today in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of peace, bring your peace to our violent world. Peace in the hearts of all men and women, and peace among the nations of this earth. Turn to your way of love, those whose hearts and minds are consumed with hatred. Strengthen us all in hope. Give us the wisdom and the courage to work tirelessly for a world where true peace and love reign among the nations and in the hearts of all. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you very much. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. And we're back here listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio, and we are here with John Horvat, who is the author of Return to Order, a uh, book that was out some, uh, I guess, several months ago, maybe a year ago now, and I've got my copy sitting here in case I'm quizzed on it. <laughs> I, I, I can, I can uh, show everybody that I've actually read the book. Uh, so, John, welcome back to the program. It's nice to have you again. Uh, we do want to ask you, at least to begin with, to explain a little bit about what the uh, purpose of Return to Order was. The book. And, um, and how it has been affecting what you want it to affect or not affect, if, if, if that makes sense. Uh, First of all,
3: <laughs> yes, yes, great being back on the show. And yes, uh, Return to Order is a book that uh, helps people understand better where we went wrong in our economy and in our culture, and especially from a Catholic perspective. And uh, my, 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 my purpose in writing it is you know to, to um, uh, help people uh, make um, make to to become articulate and what what they want. You know, so often we know what we don't want, but a lot of times we know we don't know what we do want. And right. so I, what I did is I went into uh, to searched into what the church teaches, especially about economy, which is surprisingly a lot, and uh, you know how how it fits into a Catholic culture and a Catholic society. So this is a book that pretty much lays out you know what what the church thinks and uh, you know says well. We
0: can do it. <laughs> Very good. All right, let's Let's uh, let's talk about uh, your recent, uh, um, I don't know if I call it endeavor, but your recent articles on what was causing uh, the woke culture in corporations. Can okay, you, yes. Yeah. You can you give us a little background on that? What? Wh- why are we seeing all of these corporations show up woke?
3: Yeah, and it's it's sort of a contradiction because they're risking you know massive losses, billions of dollars, to promote the woke agenda, and many people say, well, that's a contradiction. Companies aren't in business to lose money; they're they're in business to make profits. And so, how do they? How do we reconcile this? And. Uh, well, the way I see it, it is that there is a very big reaction to these things that many times probably wasn't uh, wasn't expected by the companies, especially things like Bud Light. Uh, but uh, these companies aren't foolish. Uh, they're, they didn't become multi-billion-dollar co- companies by making foolish mistakes and miscalculations. Uh, they have some of the best marketing companies in the world and and when they do make mistakes, they know how to do damage control so what I think 's happened in a lot of these companies is there's been a priority shift you know that they 're no longer following the old school of you know the customer 's king he 's always right, but saying well no um we're, <laughs> this this agenda is always right, and you could be cancelled and that 's a major shift uh you
0: what did Let's take the obvious example here, which is Bud Light. Did they miscalculate?
3: No, I don't think they did. I think they uh, they knew that there was going to be a reaction. They, I think, they may have been a little more shocked by how how great it was. But uh, they really haven't done what they should in the old school of you know making money. They haven't done what they should have. They haven't apologized. They haven't. Uh, they've doubled down and and sponsored other um, events that are part of the LGBTQ agenda. So uh, I think they're uh, they, they know what they're doing and they're trying to you know, they're trying to push their agenda through, even if it if it hurts a little and if it, even if they have to lose money.
0: Okay, So um, why are they doing this then? I guess that's the bottom line, because uh, as you pointed out, you would expect corporations to be in the business of making a profit but a lot of these right, people yeah. don't seem to be in that business anymore they seem to be looking at a political agenda
3: right i think a lot of these people have signed on to the uh, to the whole um agenda as, as such you know they actually believe in these things and uh, you know especially the more the big corporations and the ones that are more uh, linked to to the liberal establishment you know these are the ideas that are going around and uh you know so they they have they have uh they have signed on to it and even though it doesn't make sense you know i like to make the analogy of sin you know we sin doesn't really make sense it's illogical and we're working against our own interest and our own eternal salvation but we do it anyway i think a lot of these companies say well um this is this is something we want because it, it feeds our passions our unbridled passions and uh, you know it, it may cost us, but uh, let's do it anyway. And that's that. That is a very destructive mentality.
2: Well, and I don't think it's the entire organization. I liken it to what we can call the liberal elites. You know, they have these mm-hmm. um, social uh, circles that they travel in, and yes. this kind of decision brings them great status in these mm-hmm. circles that they travel in, and. They just don't that's important to them. that brings them power, it brings them uh, resources from their social circles
3: you're right, I think you made a good point, yeah, not everybody's on board, and uh, because it is not it's something that that doesn't really uh, attract a lot of people I mean some, some certain a certain demographic of people and so yeah the the uh, there is a culture that supports all this and it's a you know it goes around in a circle and everybody it feeds upon itself and so everybody thinks that everybody else thinks the same way and uh the media certainly feeds this and uh you know the a lot of the political establishment uh, also feeds this so it 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 is a uh it's it's something that that goes around it's 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 and it's pretty big
2: so you pointed out in your article that um Uh, These organizations or companies, big corporate organizations, will go through the motions, and I quote, of support for the LGBTQ agenda in the hopes of avoiding complete diminitude. Dimitude. Yes, that was a new word to me. So I kind of looked it up and I got stuck in a rabbit hole trying to understand the point of that statement. So maybe you could break it down for me and the listeners. What what is it that yeah. they're exactly trying to avoid?
3: Uh, divinitude is a uh, it's the tribute that Christians pay to uh, Muslim l- rulers, so it it keeps them off the back of them of them, but it it does uh, turn them into second class citizens. So uh, so a lot of these companies will go through the motions of of paying this tribute of rainbow washing is what they call it, you know, going through the motions, and in order to Keep them off their back, but uh, and turning them into second class citizens, you know. So it is a type of, of tribute they pay. It's a protection racket.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What's that? It's a protection racket.
3: Right. It, it is. I'm Italian. Much that, I know these things. That, way. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense
2: to me. So Thank you for explaining much, that.
3: Yes. But I mean, as, you, as the article says, many executives would just prefer to avoid the whole thing, any moral stance. You know, they just want to keep out of keep out of controversy and just continue, you know, to the to do to do business the old way. But uh, you know, I think that the the old way is. I mean, it's it, it, it you we really can't go back to the old way because so much so much of this establishment is has bought on to this this uh, this agenda.
2: And uh, to me, it feels as if some of the larger, the the largest corporations, the conglomerates in our country are the ones that are uh, swooning to this ideology, whereas uh, those that are closer to home, uh, although with few exceptions, kind of avoid all of this nonsense
3: right i mean yeah it's definitely uh uh definitely that way, but it does filter down i mean you just you do see some of that filtering down there's still there's pressure from on top because a lot of the smaller companies have to um, um you know they're on the supply chain of the bigger companies they're 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 they they feel a lot of this pressure um i know um there are things called something called e s g you know the um uh metrics for um a lot of the big companies have metrics for ecology, social and governance and this ESG says well you have to look at your supply chain too so they have to also be in line with these things so they do feel pressure a lot of these little smaller companies feel pressure but as you say um you know the, I think the farther down you get the more common sense you'll find
2: so how does that um how is someone like myself a person of faith supposed to embrace this or avoid this, or shed some light on these issues.
3: Well, I think that's a that's a very good question. Uh, uh, as the article states that how w- what we're facing are a t- uh, fight between two gods. One is the god of money, which that's the normal way of doing business, and the other is the god of of gratification, woke god. That says you know we want to uh, we want to give free reign to our unbridled passions and define our identities and what what thing you know everything just are just crazy things that are out there uh and define reality deny reality but i think it's the the way we have to go about this is to is not to adore either god the god of money or this woke god we have to put our faith inside our and our faith convictions inside business so that means that we don't worship money, and we will we stick to our principles, our Catholic principles in in dealing with uh, business, and uh, that is the safest way to do it. That's the best way to do it because we will then have God on our side to to give us the strength to uh, to resist these things. Uh,
2: so, and many people have done just that, and it's affected the God of money for these organizations. So. What, what is your crystal ball showing? Will we eventually defeat this craziness, or will it yeah. continue to grow? How's this all going to end?
3: Yes. Well, I mean, uh, if if there is no resistance to this woke god, and you know that that's that is very very much part of our uh, economy, um, these things tend to be, you know, they promise freedom, total freedom, total do what you want, but yeah. they all, they usually deliver tyranny, you know. Cancel culture, you know, uh, uh, break, uh, t- turning you off from boycotts and you know, t- taking you off the, the uh, supply chains, uh, fines, uh, all sorts of things can't come about. So, I think we need to be very active in in, in opposing these things. We have to be very active in, in in being part of that backlash, which is a healthy backlash against the, the woke agenda, and, uh, and 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 and. Including that in our faith, to make our faith part of that, you know, to, make, to say, well, I, I, I am doing this because not only because it's good, good, good business, but it's also um, it's the way toward my sanctification, because that's the most important thing in my life.
0: What we seem to be or where we seem to be right now is in a position that is almost against what is the prevalent um, concept of uh, social justice. Um, and and how do we answer that? I mean, what what is social justice, and why should we avoid that?
3: Yeah, the social justice movement is is one that would say that um, the um, that there are there there. It, it very much follows the Marxist prism of thing that says you can divide everything into oppressors and oppressed people and. Uh, we need to be on the side of the oppressed against the oppressors, and uh, that is uh, that is that's how things work. And that is not the Catholic position. The Catholic position is always saying we need to unify each other, the rich, the poor, the medium. We all it's all part of a we're a part of one society, one family of, of souls, and that have as our objective, you know, to go to to go to heaven, and uh, so the social the social justice thing is, is, is very much uh, one of resentments of hatreds of you know of of trying to uh, bring 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 about conflicts and not to resolve those conflicts so definitely we have to stay away from those i think it's, it you know they, it really does harm to our to our culture and to everything that uh, that we need to have a, a harmonious society and a society oriented toward god
0: yeah, I think the term itself is an oxymoron. I think there's justice and there's lack of justice. But any time you try and modify the word justice with something else, you're putting a thumb on the scale and you're tipping uh, where you're coming from.
3: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, justice is the giving to each what is is due, right. and uh, that differs according to to the person, to the circumstances, and to make these broad, uh, you know, standard, broad. Statements uh, and it, it is an injustice. You know, it, it it doesn't give everybody what's their what's their due.
0: OK, so how do we continue to fight this? Uh, obviously, we, you know, we you know, go back to our faith and our beliefs and all that. But at some point, uh, this has to be done publicly and, and it's going to take some political persuasion to be able to uh, uh, to combat this. So how do we do that without getting accused of uh, the church entering politics and all that?
3: yeah i mean the church uh definitely has a role to play in, in these kind of things uh the church is uh i think we have to be very careful not to enter into the you know liberation theology type uh, uh perspective that right. says that follows the marxist idea of oppressed and oppressors uh the church uh, needs to needs to be involved where there is injustice of course. But at the same time, needs to, uh, to to help those who the those who own companies and those who are you know who have who are in positions to, of influence in these in these big companies to to uh, to to, to uh, influence the debate. Um, I think it depends a lot on the on on, a, on the the actual persons themselves and in the, the situations in which they're in. Uh, I don't think there's a magic solution that you could say everybody has to do this, but. Yeah, if you have the right position, you'll find a way to apply it to your uh, your corporation, your business, and be able to uh, transmit that and and to uh, earn the earn the respect and honor of of those who you employ. Uh, it's not it's a long process, it's a long-term process, but it, and it's it takes time, but it is something that I think needs to be done.
0: And then uh, here's I guess the, the big question here when we're dealing with the LGBTQ Groups, uh, how do we do this without appearing to be uh, biased against them? Because obviously hateful. these yes. are these are people, and they're made in the image of God, and we they do deserve our respect as human beings. So how do we mm-hmm. how do we uh, thread that needle, so to speak?
3: Yeah, I mean it. It is as you say. They are they deserve respect as human beings, but not as LGBTQ human beings because they, they those are mere those are mere perceptions and characteristics but they're not part of the essence of that person. You know they, they these are people who are confused and uh you know we don't honor that confusion we try to clear up that conflict confusion. And so we need to deal with these people as humans and say well you know you just like anyone else you have these rights you have these uh, you know you, we we have to deal with these abilities but we also cannot um Cater to certain fantasies that are that don't really correspond to reality. Uh, it, that's you know that doesn't really work in real society, and it can be can be very harmful. So we we, we want to help these people, and so we need to be very careful. We need to be car- very careful how we do it, but we shouldn't we can't be in denial that these that help is is needed.
2: Okay, I have, this is a little off base, but I, I couldn't help but wonder. And I'd love to hear your response to this. When you wrote the book, Return to Order, From a Frenzied Economy to an Organic Christian Society, could you have ever imagined from the point in time you wrote that book to where we are today that it would have expanded at such a great pace? Did you foresee that coming or did you, I mean, obviously you foresaw some of this evolving. But could you imagine the pace at which it he wants to know over. if you had a
0: crystal ball? When well, you yeah. It. I mean,
2: are you just astonished <laughs> at the pace that between your writing of the book and, and where we are today, how um, as a society we've like been enveloped by the, this ideology?
3: Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, it, it, it does shock, you know, to, to see what's, what, has, what has happened. And you say, well, you, just when you think you've reached they've reached the point where, you know, you say, well, it can't go too much farther. It does. Uh, it definitely does, and it's largely because a lot of these things are processes. You know, you can't isolate them from a process. You can't just say, "Well, this happened, and then another thing happened." One thing leads to the next, to the next, to the next, and sin is a process. Uh, you know, vices are a process, virtues are a process. You know, if we, uh, and so if if things are if you know, a vice is not cared for, it will it will go to deeper and deeper and deeper. You know, that's, that's the nature of our, you know, of vice and, and then for that matter. So yes, uh, uh, yeah, I, it, it, it will happen. And I'm, there probably will be, there are probably things worse down the line, but, um, uh, you know, the, the human imagination is rather is incredible. I mean, what things can, uh, the type of things that can happen that go beyond what we, we could imagine.
0: I think the bottom line here is to remember to worship the God that created us and not the gods we're creating for ourselves.
3: That's a good way of putting it, because mm-hmm. that is definitely where we're, where we're at. And 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 I think that we need to also consider that God is a very important element in all this fight. Uh, so often people just say, well, we need to do this, to do this, to do this. And, you know, if God wants, he can help us at the end. Uh, I think it's better to do the opposite, say, well, go to God and say, we need help, and then uh give us find show us the way where we need to go and god will lead us there and uh you know we he takes the the lead and we don't we uh we t- do our role which is that of following
0: it's amazing what happens when you listen
3: <laughs> very much so i think uh, anyone who has been involved in pro life acts act, actions you know that can probably give a lot of stories of where they thought well uh uh i tried so hard and then i i confided and all of a sudden Something happened that I never expected because God backed me up. You know, he was he was there. He led the way. Yeah.
0: I think the book is still available. Return to Order dot org. Is that correct?
3: Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, you can get it there or any uh, Amazon or any other bookstores that are out there. And if you are a Kindle reader, it is it, it is free on Kindle. So if you good. want to get it there, Kindle. That's how I got mine. Download it there.
0: Yep, and uh, you're also. Uh, uh, at uh, tfp.org, is that correct?
3: Yes, that is mo- that is one of the websites in which a lot of my writing... Uh, where, where and people can find
0: writings. out more about what you are talking about by going to that website.
2: Very good Absolutely, stuff. Yeah. Thank good,
0: you. good. We well, want to thank you for being with us today. It was certainly an interesting uh, conversation, a very eye-opening conversation. We wish you well, continue to wish you well with the book, and we we'll want to have you back to complete this because obviously we're in the middle of a cultural upheaval, and uh, sounds like you've got your finger on what uh, the uh, some of the problems are and where they come from.
3: Well, it's always great. Great thank to be you. on Catholic Radio. Thank, yes. You, yes. Know, thank just, you. That is just so wonderful. Good. Well, thank good. you, John Horvitz. Thanks
0: for your time. Thank you very much for being with us, and we will talk to you uh, in the future. And we're going to All take right. a short break right now, and you're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. And we're back. You're still listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. And with us right now is Thomas Breath, who is a special counsel for the Thomas More Society. And he's out in Pennsylvania on a rather interesting case out there. And it sounds like it's uh, similar to some of the others that we've heard. Thomas, uh, good morning. Welcome to the program or welcome back to the program. Uh, why don't you give us kind of the elevator pitch on what is going on with this uh, with this lawsuit that you're involved in?
1: Well, thank you. Uh, first, it's great to be back, uh, Deacon Mike. It's 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 good to be back with you. Um, we have a another very important case in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Um, I've got a, a group of clients. Um, the primary client, the lead uh, plaintiff in the matter, is the Freedom, or I'm sorry, Religious Rights Foundation of Pennsylvania. Um, they've joined in with a group of parents uh, that represent their their students that attend parochial schools. In the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, uh, we've sued the state college area school district. Uh, we've sued them in federal court, which is the middle district of Pennsylvania. We've brought a complaint alleging a violation of the Free Exercise Clause of the First Amendment, the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. The state college area school district um, permits charter school students and homeschool students to participate in their extracurricular and co-curricular activities. And at State College School District, there are 100 plus uh, such activities in the high school uh, and almost an equal number of activities in their middle and elementary schools. Um, they're refusing to permit the students that attend parochial schools uh, the equal right to participate in these activities.
0: Now, let me, so me interrupt you there. Lawsuit. For, yeah, let me interrupt you there for just a minute because my understanding after reading the lawsuit that they are authorized to allow this to happen. They're making the decision not to. Is that correct?
1: Correct. (laughs) Uh, In Pennsylvania, uh, local public school districts are controlled by nine school board members. Uh, Those nine school board members, the superintendent, um, and they've indicated to us that they've consulted with their legal counsel uh, and have responded and indicated that they are not going to permit parochial school students to have equal access to participate in these activities.
0: Right. So they recognize that the choice is still theirs. Correct,, okay.
1: and they recognize that that there is a legal obligation in Pennsylvania with respect to charter school students and uh home school students uh but once that once the state has decided to permit this generally available benefit this public benefit participating in these activities. Uh, they cannot permit it for two classifications and then exclude other classifications, particularly those classifications that are directly related to the furtherance of the plaintiff's religious beliefs.
2: Okay.
0: Go ahead, Gina. Oh,
2: you, you, Thomas, we, this, this I'm wondering you. Yes. if many of your um, – do all – is this a policy-wide um, allowability um, to have the um, – students who attend schools outside of the public school district to participate. Is that something that's statewide in Pennsylvania? Is that something that this particular school board um, has allowed? How deep does this go in Pennsylvania, or throughout the United States, for that matter, in public school districts?
1: Well, I'll I'll address the Pennsylvania issue first. Uh, There are about 500 school districts in Pennsylvania, public school districts. Um, I think a vast majority of those school districts follow the same type of uh, mindset and philosophy and policies that the state college area school district follows, and they exclude parochial school students. Um, I do work with some school districts. Um, I have some school districts that do permit uh, parochial school students to participate in their educational programs. So I don't think it's universally a a policy uh, throughout the Commonwealth, uh, but I think a vast majority of the school districts and it's a mindset that I think just hasn't changed over the years, and it goes back decades. Uh, the parochial school uh, students and their parents, uh, the public school mindset is that somehow they've turned their backs on public education. Well, I, um, and it's, it's taken a lot to change that mindset.
2: You know, that's funny that you point that out, because it has been decades since I've been in high school, and I swam with the middle school um, and in the summer programs. And then when high school came up, I went to a a parochial school, a Catholic high school, and the public high school said, "Mm, no, we're not, you can't, you don't attend our school, you can't swim at our school. And after reading your story, it reminded me of that situation, and I guess I got over it, but I remember that my parents were irate. I, I, I remember heated phone calls of my tax dollars, she should be able to to swim, um, but it never got resolved. So that's why I was curious, I, and my, my father's no longer with me, so I, I can't ask him how did that resolve itself and where did they leave it, So and that was decades ago. So this is something I know is, is very real, and it's, and it's hard for students who are in that situation.
1: Well, there's no question about it. I actually had a parent reach out to me uh, when she read about the, the lawsuit and recounted a situation where she had— uh, three children that had um, gone through the parochial school systems surrounding the state college area school district, um, two of which were permitted to participate in um, an after-school tutoring program that the state college area school district offered. And she went online and, and she was recounting the, the email and she sent me some of the correspondence with the school district where the kids would sign up um, State College Area School District, um, Penn State universities uh, within the State College Area School District. So they partnered with the students at Penn State, and a lot of the college students would volunteer time to tutor high school students after school. An excellent, excellent program. That
0: sounds
1: nice. Her two oldest children were permitted to participate. As parochial school students in that tutoring program when it came time to enroll her youngest child she tried to enroll her youngest child and received an email back saying we don't accept parochial school students it's only students of the state college area school district Um, so in that time period which might have been five or six years uh, from her oldest to her youngest child uh, going through the the system they at some point changed their policy to exclude parochial school students.
2: I noticed that the, um, one of the plaintiffs is the Religious Rights Foundation of Pennsylvania. Has that organization been around for a while? Were they just created in, to be able to fight some of these uh, discrimination efforts with the, uh, um, against relig- people of faith?
1: That organization was actually um founded uh as part of the preparation for this litigation okay. uh, when I met with um some of the plaintiffs that um are in the case uh and we were talking about you know the 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 types of plaintiffs we would need there was quite honestly some hesitation um they They feel they live in a very liberal uh community uh in the state college area school district and there was concerns. So we created the uh, Religious Rights Foundation of Pennsylvania. Um, it is designed, uh, and its its sole purpose is to protect the religious rights and opportunities and freedoms uh, of its members and the citizens of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. So it is a new organization. Uh, their membership continues to grow. Many of their members are parents of students that um, attend parochial schools within the state College area School District this is for lack of a better phrase the first fight we're fighting uh, it's a it's a I'm excited about it I'm a product of um, a Catholic uh, elementary and middle school uh, we didn't have a high school when I was growing up uh, a Catholic high school um, glad we have one now but so I matriculated into the to the uh, public schools, uh, but my heart's still in the Catholic educational program, and and this is a fight that, that I love fighting on behalf of parochial school students across the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. With respect, I'll go back a little bit with respect to the, the national um, issue of do parochial school students, are they permitted to participate in other states? Um, it, there's a little bit of a hodgepodge depending upon each state and each state's Um, interpretation of the state's constitutions. In Pennsylvania, just this past summer, for the first time, uh, the Commonwealth Court of Pennsylvania, which is the court right below the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, ruled that under Pennsylvania's constitution, students have a fundamental right to a public education. That's significant in our argument um, with respect to the importance of full and complete and equal access to educational opportunities in the public setting.
2: Good.
0: Now, this this case reminds me of one we had not long ago in Maine where the uh, school districts there were, were authorized uh, to make payments to uh, the school or, or to basically follow the students with payments for their education. And so in areas where there was no a public school, they could make these payments for in behalf of the student to any other school, including um, uh, schools in other districts, and ironically, schools out of state, except they would not do it for parochial uh, schools. And that went up to the Supreme Court. Uh, I, I, I hope you're familiar with the case. That went up to the Supreme Court, uh, which ruled against the state, but now they're still doing the same stuff anyway, <laughs> trying to get around it.
1: Well, there's no question. I am familiar with the main case, Uh, a very instrumental case. Um, And there is a a line of cases um, across the country that have made their way up to the the United States Supreme Court on those types of generally available government benefits. Um, And I forget the state off the top of my head, but there was another state that was offering um, grants to redo playgrounds. Um oh, Missouri. Public schools uh, yeah, in Lutheran.
0: Missouri, that's Yeah, right. it was a Lutheran church school, yeah.
1: Correct. And that's another one that when it came to the religious institutions coming forward and saying, we want to apply for this grant, you're not welcome. We're not going to let you apply. Um, we're excluding um, any kind of religious-based institutions from applying. And the U.S. Supreme Court said, you can't do that. Um, and that's really, if you think in, in that context— The State College Area School District is saying the generally available benefit is the ability to participate in our extracurricular and co-curricular activities. Charter school students that aren't enrolled in the State College Area School District, you're welcome to participate. Homeschool students that aren't enrolled in the State College Area School District, you're welcome to participate. Parochial school students, that obviously aren't enrolled in the state college-area school district, no thank you. You need not apply. You're not welcome.
2: So that's interesting. Uh, it's
1: really offensive.
2: Because from reading the materials, the school district claimed that their inclusion would take away from opportunities from students attending at the school district. But if that doesn't really hold true, does it, if they're allowing homeschool or charter school students to participate?
1: that's that's absolutely the case uh, their their basis for doing this uh, i I think it's pretextual to say we have enough students to fill our needs for our programs and if we let a parochial school student come in and participate, maybe they make the team and one of our students doesn't make the team well that's the that's the mm-hmm. same a home school student could come in and participate and take mm-hmm. that slot um, or st- be in the star role of the musical, or be the, the band uh, director uh, for the marching band. So it, it's it really points out that there is some animus towards parochial schools. Um, the other the other way of looking at this is if I'm a parent and I want to homeschool my student, my child uh, to further our religious beliefs, I can still participate. And the extracurricular, co-curricular activities, but if I'm a parent that wants to enroll my child in a parochial school to further their religious beliefs, I can't. So they've they've point. got a a policy that isn't neutral in its application as it relates to not only the homeschool students and the charter school students versus the parochial school students, but also you could have two sets of parents both have made decisions in the furtherance of their religious beliefs, one is permitted to participate and one
0: is not. Yeah, and uh, this is going on, as you pointed out, uh, around the country. There are other places where these distinctions are made, and um, and unfortunately, you know, we've got to litigate each one of those somewhere, and uh, you're doing it in Pennsylvania with the Thomas More Society, and that's uh, one of the reasons why we always suggest that if people have some spare change, they send it along to these organizations like the Thomas Moore Society uh, to help them, because what you're doing is pro bono.
1: Correct. There's, there's there really these things don't happen without the Thomas More Society. Um, their financial support and, and our ability to work in partnership with them is just terrific. Uh, if you go on to the Religious Rights Foundation of Pennsylvania, religiousrightsfoundation.org, um, there is a link to the Thomas More Society uh, webpage. Um, any do- donations both organizations are just terrific organizations obviously the Thomas Moore Society has just been around for decades and decades fighting such valuable fights we're we're thrilled to have the honor uh, to be aso- associated with them and to be special counsel on these types of cases
0: and we certainly appreciate your efforts and that's thomasmoresociety.org. uh where you can follow up on what is going on not only with this case but with a lot of the other cases last week uh, we had on uh, the president, uh, Thomas Brecka, who was talking about what was going on with David Delighton. So we know they're very active out there. It was the Mark Hawk uh, controversy in, in Philadelphia that they stepped in and got an acquittal there for a man who was accused of uh, all sorts of nefarious things uh, because he was protesting outside of a, uh, uh, an abortion clinic uh, halfway down the block away from the entrance, and he got into an altercation with uh, uh, somebody who was uh, picking on his uh, 13-year-old kid. And so, uh, anyway, th- Thomas Moore has been very active in a lot of these things, and we thank you for what you are doing with them and uh, what uh, what is going on right now. We wish you well and want to thank you for joining us today, and we certainly uh, will have you back when we have a little more uh, uh, information on
2: this case. Right, we'll follow it. We'll, we'll want to follow it.
1: Terrific. Deacon Mike Gina, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure and a privilege to speak with you and to be on Iowa Catholic Radio.
0: Thank you, Thomas Breath, who is a special counsel with the Thomas More Society. And uh, we're almost out of time for this segment, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to wrap up. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. <music> All right, we're back. You're listening to Faith on Trauma and I'm Catholic Radio. And Gina, we had a uh, very interesting program
2: again. Um, one that expanded my emotions and yeah. the other one that expanded my vocabulary. Your vocabulary, <laughs> that's right,
0: yeah. yeah. And I have with uh, uh, me here, I have uh, his book, uh, Return to Order. And if you go through it, you can see the markings and the underlines. And those are probably all the words that I needed to look up to at the time.
2: Yes, well, Horvat is a very... Um, Oh, I, I, he can see into the future. He's just very good at exploring history and understanding what we're living through today. Yeah, um, I would recommend, highly recommend An the book. Interesting to, prophet for our times. That's what right. You're saying, okay, and you will be. Your knowledge will be expanded, and your vocabulary will be too. Will be too. <laughs> and I can't help but um, uh, take away from his explanation of what's our uh, economic society is endeavoring in at this point that we as Catholics and disciples of Christ um, must share natural law and the truth wherever we are at. You know, that's important to have those conversations with neighbors and strangers and family members so that we um, aren't enveloped in this. You know, that's one of the things about this
0: program. You know, we're, we, have somewhat of a limited audience because of the station that we're on. You know, it's not a, a huge station. Uh, and religious radio sometimes isn't uh, everybody's uh, what everybody is uh, wanting to listen to. But we do have loyal listeners out there who can take what they hear here and mention it around the water cooler spread the coffee truth. and spread the truth a little bit because you're, you're going to find out that a lot of the people that you deal with and that you see every day are forming ideas that are based on the things that they hear from the secular media, the things they hear from the woke media and from woke corporations, and they don't give a thought to uh, what else is going on, and maybe we can make the difference, not because they're listening to our program, but because somebody who listened to our program met with them and talked with them and got into a discussion and mentioned something that they heard here right and and maybe turn them on to the program right yeah um
2: i it, on a, on the legal side with the children in Pennsylvania state center or state uh state college Pennsylvania right. that aren't allowed to attend activities or participate in activities on the public schools programming it makes me wonder that i'm glad they started this organization um to uh, religiousrightsfoundation.org because um, you know, this this situation happened to me. And I know, I'm sure my parents didn't even think about a lawsuit because probably by the time they got through the whole suit, I would be out of high school. It would not benefit me individually. So I'm hoping that this organization continues on and helps students throughout the, the cycle of the their high school career. Yeah. yeah. Not just today, because I can't imagine that this lawsuit will be settled in, in the near future. And this is the type of lawsuit that will not get settled, but will go to court
0: and will go to appeals. And my guess is the school district will be found noncompliant with the constitution. And then they would do like they did in Maine and try and figure a way out of that, yeah, well. you know, to look for the loophole, you know, and they're doing that with several other Cases that just came down from the Supreme Court. You know, already. something
2: I didn't ask is I wonder if they can revoke their policy, the school board. You know, to be able to share. It, it, he didn't indicate that it was like a state law or anything. No, it it's it's clearly policy. their policy. So they could change the policy. They could change and,
0: the policy, and of course, as we but it would affect everyone, right? As we, as, if they change the policy, well, in that the homeschoolers in that district, right? Right. Now, okay. uh, now, of course, as we as we say, uh, in, in election time, you can change your representative. Yeah, that's true, how these people get elected or appointed or whatever. Anyway, we're just about out of time, so let's end with our Defender's Prayer here. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. That's it for today. Remember, you can see me. Uh, every week in the Wander, or you check out my columns on our blog, FaithOnTrialRadio.blogspot, and remember, we'll be at the fair this year, and our September fundraiser on the air fundraiser is scheduled for the week of September 25th. And one last note here: uh, many thanks uh, to our departing uh, board operator Jimmy Olson, who is leaving. This is his last day with us here. Uh, he will be gone at the end of the week. We want to thank him for all that he's done for, uh, for Catholic Radio and get, wish him luck in his future endeavors, and we will miss him. All right, until next time, have a blessed and peaceful week.
1: Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano. Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio, iowacatholicradio.com, and the Iowa Catholic
0: Radio app. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imogene Ingredients.